Are you living with or experiencing some theological, spiritual or halachic tension or struggle in your life and are looking for a confidential, non-judgmental, emotionally intelligent and source-based rabbi and coach to share Torah wisdom with you? If so, then you'll be interested in my new discovery package. Book a 30-minute, no-obligation discovery call with me, during which you can share what is on your mind, then hear what I propose as a personalized spiritual coaching package that will meet your needs. To book your free discovery call, simply visit rabbijohnnysolomon.com forward slash discovery. I look forward to talking with you. Welcome to a new edition of RZ Weekly, second weekly edition in a row, which is uh, a recent uh, note, uh, record for us, although we're going to break it soon. What can I tell you? Uh, how are you? How's everybody? Welcome back. I want to say hello to uh, my co-host, Harav Jani Salomon. Hello, Harav Jani. Hello, hello. And Harav Anit Malibrowski. Hello, Harav Anit How are you? Good. Okay, I'm great. As we did our bios last week. If you don't know who we are, listen last week, and uh, we'll read our buyers some other week. I don't know. Like if you, if our if our dedicated group of listeners, you already know who we are, and if you don't, we're pretty easy to find on the internet. So today, we're going to tackle uh, quite I would try, say quite um, sensitively, or we're going to try to be quite sensitive, a very very difficult subject for me, and I dare say for all of us in a way. And it's important for me to try to give parameters to the discussion. Now, the thing we're going to discuss is surrounding the problem or the challenge or the difficulty that, by and large, as a group, if there is such a thing, and I'm sure Johnny will relate to this, Haredim do not serve in the IDF. And this has become especially pronounced uh, th now, this year, in this war, with what's going on today. And it's been sort of, there's all kinds of discussions, especially articles in Makori Shon and in the Israeli media. This is something that's well known. It's a thorn, not just in the religious Zionists or the, in, the, in the thorn on the side of religious society, but especially in among the broader society, which is that creates a tremendous amount of inequality and, to be quite honest, a tremendous amount of resentment. So let's just say what we're not going to do. We're not going to bash the Haredi public uh, as a whole. We're not going to do that because... Why? It's nasty, and there's no reason for us to do that. We're also, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, we're not going to solve the problem. We're not going to discuss potential ways to solve it, and, and, and this one has a plan, and that one has a plan. Because quite frankly, as I like to say, I'm not the Ramatkal, I'm not a politician, and, uh, and that's not our role here. But it, it is our role to think about how do we relate to this challenge? How do we relate to this problem? It, it does, personally... It bothers me. It bothers me tremendously. It, it's something that I find just incredibly troubling, both, both on a personal level and also on an ideological level, I would say on a, on a greater level. So the, what, what we want to discuss today is how do we want to relate to this issue? How do we in the religious Zionist camp here in Israel, how, how, how do I relate to this issue? And I'll, I'll frame it in the following way. This all came to, a, I think, more, pretty much ahead. Uh, when uh, news came out that the army badly needs more recruits, it badly needs more soldiers, which is obviously, as we like to say in Israel, muvan me'ilav, self-evident, uh, self uh, because we need, you know, the army came to the realization uh, on October 7th that smaller and faster and smarter is no substitute for boots on the ground, and we need many, many boots on the ground, and there are not enough boots to go around. So this, came, this army came to this realization, and because of that, the army uh, reached out to its first pool of soldiers, which are students who have already enlisted in the Shivot Hezder and the Mechinot Kedam Tzvayot, the preparatory Mechinot 
for, uh, for soldiers, religious, religious ones and not religious ones. And they said to them, even though normally you would have a year of preparation, yeah, we need, we're going to need you early. We're going to need to take you in, in March. And uh, in the Shivot Hezder, they said to the, to the, to the Shior Bet students, who have already been mitchayel. Mitchayel means in the beginning of their second year, they officially register for the army. The first year is just kind of like a freebie. And then the second year, they all register for Tzahal. And they all sort of sign up and they go through this whole process. And they're supposed to enter the army in August. And the army said to them, yeah, we're going to need you either in March or in May. And for, for myself, and I think for Mali as well, we both have sons in the same yeshiva. Your My son is son in Shirbek, correct, going Mali? in in May instead of in August. Um, right. and in May instead of August. And my son is in Shira Aleph, so your son is missing out on critical yeah. months of yeshiva. And let's also point out, before like, is not the same know, as I'm after. To you, but this is going to be an important issue for me. Thank goodness that people have been listening. My Miluimnik son has been released from Miluim, Baruch Hashem. I mean, he's in his army base, but he's, he's out of Aza until they call him back in, which who knows in how many months that will be, but just for anybody following. That's obviously great personal relief to me. But when, but when Yonatan was like, oh, guess what, Ima? I think they're going to move us from the summer to Gius Merits. I was like, you're joking me, right? Like, you're joking me. Like, I'm basically, who is getting out in like, you know, late January and you're going in in March? Like, I cannot handle that. So May was like a little bit of a relief. But it's like, it's not just that he's, no, they said maybe. Well, you it's, just it's said the May. Well, it's the Gius Merits. You had explained it to me. It's like they, 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 they do these in waves of every three or four months. I forgot. So it's the March Gius. But the Beinashim go in five weeks later. They have five weeks less. Beinashim oh, just Bain Hashim for are, our um, like the, Hez, the Hezder kids. The, the B'nai Yeshiva. B'nai Yeshiva. B'nai Yeshiva. Right. So Yeshiva. they take five weeks off their Tiranuts and they actually add them at the end so that they're serving for five weeks longer in, in like in fighting, um, so they start, it's, it's the same, it's the same Gius date as March, but instead of going in March 28th, they go in five weeks later, which turns out to be May 1st. And there's all sort of negotiation, yeah, I'm, not, negotiation. I'm, I'm not perfect to all this, my understanding is, who they're dealing with. my son they, told me that they said, well, we're Banishim, so we need right. less, so like, exactly. they say that, as my, as my friend like Fanny said, they tell them, get in a chet, and the Banishim all just kind of get in a chet, so like, they don't need to like, break them down, <laughs> that like, you know, tough, like, you know, as we all know of like what that first, I don't know what you were in English. The Bainishim, the basic, basic training, training is to they, break need, you they don't need to break you down you to build them up. They're, 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 they, they live, they're like order rule followers. So they can start later, but then they also gain out of them more service time, which is also good because one of the critiques of the Hezder is that they, they're actually in active service less. This way they get five more weeks out of them. But I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just saying that because like, when you said it was personal for us, right? And it's personal for me because he's in sheer bed. It's not just that my son's going into the army. It's that like my breathing space has become, my window of breathing has become narrower. That's why, that's the, that's why I wanted to like explain that. Well, you do have, I mean, there yes, is Kiranut yes, yes, yes. and then Imuvit Kadem. But still, I, it was going to be like, I, I was saying to myself, oh, he'll go in in August. So like, it's fine. Like the war will be so far by the time he gets. And now it's like a half a year. Like it's scarier. Okay, whatever. Let's, let's go back to our topic. But I just wanted to explain that because no, this no, is our, that to- is our exactly. topic. It's That's why it's like, topic. you know, this time it's personal. This, this, it's, it's very, it is very personal, this issue. Not just in theory, but like really like, like in real, real, real life. Like literally, like I, it's real. It's real. Like, okay, Yehuda's out, Baruch Hashem. Then Pionata's going in and he's getting, it's, it's scary. It's very scary. Does he know what he's doing? Um, just they ask. don't. They, they're good. It's, and listen, they're all, it, the the again the bnei yeshiva all go into unless the, the person has a lower profile. They all go into um, infantry. So it's going to be probably Givati golani. Sometimes it's clear. Sometimes it's chadasan dasakravit. There are shmuot about One what it will be, but I won't. Don't have to share. Grunts on the ground. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Boots on yeah. the ground. Just terrifying. Right. Uh, which yeah. is critically important. So for me, it's like, it's less personal for me because my son is in Shir Aleph. But that just means that in his yeshiva, right. there is no, right now, there's no shir sure. dalit and hey. But that means that there's got to be no shir bet either. Right. There's going to be, it's like a Shana Aleph program. That's all it is. And that's not the yeshiva right. he signed up for. Which is part like, of the negotiation know, was they said, yeshiva, if you're going to take our shir bet, you give us back our shir hey. So that might be why shir hey is going to leave me and come back. But the point is, and again, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting, but it really is very oh, I'm personal. not privy to all these. I know you because know I know stuff. people really know in my, our lives, we know somebody who's in shir hey. Um, and 
he might like that. But the point of this is to bring it back to the to the inyani, right? So it's like this is a real issue for the yeshiva. Like they're in negotiations with with the government because like the yeshivas are falling apart, right. and the Haredi yeshivot are not feeling any of this. Right. Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm just, wait I, you're right. I'm right. just no, explaining right. that the, the, it really is very real and very personal. This is not abstract. These are real issues. Okay, sorry. Correct. As you said, I wasn't even thinking like, and the Haredi Yeshivot. I don't think they take it to that point, and the Haredi Yeshivot. That's for us. I'm not sure. Maybe they do. I don't know. The thing that really was, how should we say this, incredibly insulting was, the person who announced this in the Knesset was no less than Chavar Knesset Menachem Parish, who represents, I think, a good as Yisrael. And he's telling us how important it is that these Bachure Yeshiva are, are, you know, they're, they're necessary in the service. And basically the entire country, literally, like every religious person in the country looked back and said, one second, your students' uh, Torah study is important and our students' Torah study is not important. And, and the gist of the articles, just by way, I'm going to throw it to Johnny. I know I've been going a little too long, but the gist of the articles is, is like, 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 you know, I sent you a couple of these articles in Macquarie Shon that tried to deal with some solutions, but the gist of it is, you know, we've, you've seen... Both in those in, in the soldiers that have given their lives, and also the ones Baruch Hashem who are alive and well, have, we have some uh, you know unbelievable tamide chachamim and great rabbanim and rabbanei tzahal who are just tremendous learning people who have not, not somehow who have found uh, who have been educated and trained to combine these two values: the value of Torah and the value of 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 service to the country in such beautiful, powerful ways. These are our incredible role models. The, the man slated to be the future chief rabbi of Israel, his name is Rav Meir Kahana, not related, Rav Meir Kahana, is an, you know, he's serving in, in Sahal. And nowadays, you should know, the, the rabbis who are serving in Sahal, they're not just sitting behind the lines. They're, they're literally, they're fighting together with uh, boots on the ground. So this idea that, oh, it, it's this or that, and you can't be both, is it's not it's it's not acceptable in any way whatsoever. We know that it's it's something that's that's uh that that that's not a legitimate argument, and and this is caused you know this is personal for all of us. It's it's our families, you know. As we are, there's none of us here who doesn't have a cousin who's in exactly this three way situation where like I'm not talking about personally is your son in Kravi or not in Kravi, but it's we believe in service. We believe in service to the country. We believe that it's milchemet mitzvah. We believe this is life and death. Literally for the Jewish people. We believe that this is our religious achrayut. In addition to the fact that we believe in Talmud Torah. How is it possible, how is it fair that there is an entire sector uh, that's, in, that's growing in, 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 uh, in size and growing in political power who doesn't share this responsibility and says, oh, we'll, we'll, uh, you, know, you take the, the army and, and leave the learning to us. That's not fair. And it causes a tremendous amount of anger and a tremendous amount of resentment and a tremendous amount of consternation. And we don't know where to put these feelings. And that's why we turn to Johnny, the, uh, the virtual rabbi, to set us straight. Johnny, are, are, are you yeah. angry also? Did I reflect? Did I, I don't know. I didn't speak for you. I speak for me. But did I, do you think I'm accurately reflecting uh, the feelings of people and how are we supposed to deal with these feelings? A lot of people feel how you're feeling. Um, I can't speak for anybody else, but certainly the dissonance is so evident, is so explicit, um, and and the imbalance it, it seems just so grossly unfair that when you're looking out for the learning here, and we're talking specifically about the learning of your son, um, it's yeah, it's hurtful to hear that somehow. The learning of your son is less valued than the learning of others. And this itself is ultimately an attack on a certain lifestyle that we all hold dear, because we believe the religious Zionist community can square that circle of being committed to Torah and being committed to Midna Israel, and that we value Limud Torah. And when people make political decisions or decisions are made which highlight differences between communities which imply that the Torah that our kids are learning is less valued and less valid, that is hurtful because actually it gets to the core of who we are as Jews. This is above and beyond 
the particular fate and life journey of an 18-year-old young man. Instead, it really is uh, an offensive, uh, disparaging, smearing, shall we say, of, of the religious Zionist endeavor to imply that the Torah of that community is less valid, less valued, and therefore can be compromised with greater speed than necessarily those of us. So you're entirely correct. What I want to talk about is something a little bit broader, um, not not exclusive to learning of uh, yeshiva boys in 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 uh, has the yeshivot, but about this tension that exists between uh, Haredi communities and Datilomi communities. And I want to stress, and like I've said throughout the time we've been recording this podcast, there is no singular religious Zionist community, and there is certainly no singular. Haredi community. I take offense to when people talk about the Haredim. I genuinely do. And I take offense when people talk about the religious Zionists uh, because trying to generalize huge, varied populations uh, always does harm. Nevertheless, there are voices within certain Haredi populations who are deeply hurt. Uh, people within not just the Dati Lomi communities but actually the wider communities. And I just want to talk through the process. So this will maybe take a minute or two, but hopefully it's, it's worthwhile. So to start off by saying, I'm not Haredi, but I didn't serve in the army, which sounds like a silly thing because you'd say, well, you're an Ole. Well, it's important for me to say that. I'm not Haredi. I didn't serve in the army. So how do I work through a war when I see my neighbors and the children of my neighbors and my cousins going out to fight and I'm not wearing... A uniform. I say, well, if that's not my tafkid, and based on kind of my self-evaluation of kind of contribution I can make, I don't necessarily think that me putting on a uniform at this age and stage of life may make the most significant of difference. I could be wrong, by the way. Um, but what I say is, okay, well, my task is to contribute in other ways. Because we're at war, Am Israel is in a, a matzav and so if I'm not fighting, i got to roll up my sleeves and say, what can I do? And, and that will apply in terms of community effort, in terms of broader effort, chesed, tefillah, limud Torah. Ultimately, a Jew needs to be noseba ol chavero. And exactly how you do that will differ from person to person. That's okay. We've got no problem with that. But to be noseba ol chavero is really to be a Jew. And, and when you know, it's a central value. The problem comes where certain Haredi communities, and I'll stress that again, don't seem to get that point. And we say, listen, if you are learning all the time and you're davening for Chayalim, even if I disagree with that way of the world, I see your Noseba Ol Chaviro, I see that that matters. Okay, then, then we can have a shared conversation, which perhaps goes above and beyond the, the why your child is not serving my child. However, they were pronounced by certain Haredi leaders who dismissed the notion of davening for Chayalim. And that made me feel, truth be told, incredibly unpleasant. I felt like, what are you talking about? That your sons aren't serving, okay, I disagree with that, but that we've discussed to what extent should certain elites, Torah students continue to learn. Okay. But they should be nosebol chaberot in terms of limut Torah, in terms of tefillah. If you're telling me that some of the Haredi leadership doesn't even share that, doesn't even express that, then what are you doing? How can it be not only that kids in the Tati Lomi community are compromising the animal Torah, but you're not start, standing up to your Noseba Ul Chavero in terms of the basics of Torah, in terms of the basics of Tvila? I always understood that however much we, we have different ways of serving God, Torah and Tvila should be these unifying forces. And, and some pronouncements that have come out during in the midst of this war uh, tells me something different. Now, just to quote uh, somebody who was an inspiration to me, Rabasha Weiss, who uh, addressed the fact that certain Roshay Shivot were not encouraging their students to be meet Palel for fear of somehow glorifying the army, by the way. That was the reason. He thought not only was that Narishkeit, he felt that was absurd. It showed a lack of confidence in in their way of life, and truth be told, it showed them no sense of even basic akalata tov to people who are putting their lives on the line. I agree with him entirely. 
so I, I mean, I've got more to say, but I, I should yeah, probably pause. Johnny, I got I got to pinpoint. I got to ask you to pinpoint because I feel like I respectfully you avoided the issue because you created a straw man that we can all disagree with and say, you know, and say, okay, certain individuals said reprehensible things. Mm -hmm. And the question is, how much do they represent the community? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And even members in their own community repudiated those kinds of things. But what we're not, we're talking about here is a, like you said, like, it's not fair. There aren't the Haredim, but, and, and not everyone in our community serves. And some people do Kravi and some people don't do Kravi. But we're talking about a community that says, as a rule, you know, and, the, and I would say even, yes, the entire Haredi community says that, a func that a, a, uh, an attribute of being Haredi is you don't serve in the army. Mm -hmm. And if you do serve in the army, you're by definition not a member of my community. And I, and I broadly agree so, with you. I, 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 even though we know there are always so exceptions. How do you deal and one with talks that? about those I mean, exceptions. I, I'll I clarify. And maybe Molly wants to address it because I'll clarify. I value their Limud Torah. I really do. I value the, the I would say, the, the, some of the conservative, the small c values that they bring to this country. We all value Limud Torah. So how do you... How do you jive, on the one hand, the value that you think the Haredi community brings to, our, to the world, to the state of Israel, their primacy of Torah, their misirut nefesh for Torah, and this tremendous misirut nefesh. You know, they're poor. They give, they give up tremendous amounts of things for the value of Torah, with the fact that going together with that is something that I, it seems so selfish and self-absorbed and self-indulgent and, and totally, you know, uh, uh, indifferent to the tremendous literal life sacrifices that people are making on their behalf. So, so I'll briefly respond to that and I certainly want to hear both your reflections and Mali's as well. Uh, a couple of, I think I may have even referenced it before in a previous podcast. In Chelek Gimel of Lev Shomeli Shlomo, the halachic essays of uh, Shlomo Deichowski, he has a very sharp critique about the behavior of certain communities during Corona and about the Miron massacre, um, or Maron Hasson, okay, tragedy. Um, and his main point, and it's a very nuanced one, and I encourage those who've yet to read this essay to do so. His main point was that those who didn't adhere to uh, the um, pandemic med med uh, medical guidelines, which we know in certain Haredi communities, the, the contraventions of those rules was rife. In certain others, it was impeccable. And that's why, again, I'm very, very, very clear that we don't tarnish uh, a, a, you know, multiple communities with the same brush. But when critiquing those who didn't keep those rules, he says, I don't get it. What's, don't you understand this idea of Klal? And, and he explains, unfortunately, people were looking at their lives through the prism of Yahid Mi, rather than through the prism of Klal, or in terms of this case, Medina, nation. And uh, actually, similarly, in terms of the tragedy in Meon, there was a certain, I want to go, I want to go, when everyone realizes, if you think about the collective, eventually what was going to happen was going to be a terrible thing. And, there, and he points out there was something profoundly wrong, flawed, uh, and dangerous in that, you use the word selfish, but ultimately a selfish outlook which actually does put, you know, a person's individual lifestyle and preferences ahead of the club. Ultimately, you can be a Jew who is a Klal Jew, and you do different things. You can serve in Zaka, and you're a Klal Jew. You can be a Klal Jew, and you visit people in hospitals. You're a Klal Jew, and you're looking out for other people. You can be a Klal Jew and stand on the street corner and give people blessings, and you're a Klal Jew. Meaning, again, we can debate the hows, but there are many, and they're very. But you can also be a Jew who is a Prat Jew, who thinks about themselves, for whom looking after your own lifestyle and how you do things comes ahead of others. And that generally leads to tragedy, led to tragedy in those two cases enough that a, a leading Diane of the Ushalayim Betin wrote a biting critique. And arguably, those Jews, and of which there are probably fewer than would necessarily realize, but the media likes to talk about it the whole time, those Jews who think at their life, about their life through the Pratt mentality, who think about, I'm not interested in change, while you know, your sons, my neighbors, my cousins, etc., are going out to fight, and there is no sense of Pratt there. 
they, they've they've completely negated the individual for the sense of the collective. That speaks volumes about values. And so I, what, I want to come back and then I'll end. When we hear pronouncements in the Knesset, which suggests that the Torah of the Datilomi kids, whose klau is central so much that they give up their Limut Torah, they give up many aspects of their personal you know, life, they give up this, that, and the other, to think that that Torah is less valuable than some within some communities, where the Prat comes ahead of the Klal, I find that to be wrong, I found that to be offensive, and that certainly needs uh, redressing. Okay, Molly, you are, you've been waiting patiently, thank you very much. You are our, uh, you're our therapist, and we're really talking about how we're supposed to feel, how we're supposed to process. Right. So that's so, actually... If you would be so kind yeah, as to process That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how, how do we relate. So I, all I can talk about is my own experience and like how I manage my emotions. And as I said before, it really is very personal for me. Um, and I, like as you articulated, I think the, 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 the reason it's painful for me and for many other people is um, a, a, as you said, the individual, you know, person's learning suffers. But it's, let's be honest, it's also that there are people are putting their lives on the line, right? Meaning... And, 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 and for, for people like me who have a strong sense of kind of justice, it's hard. It's hard. I, 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 will, I, will, I will say that it's hard. It's hard. Um, and by the way, you know, you, just to follow through on what you said before, I think the Rashi Yeshiva are upset. They are saying, wait a second, we are, it's not just on the level of our individual Talmudim stu- studying and the fact that, you know, we're sending our Talmudim out to war, but our Yeshivot, our yeshiv, as you said, our Yeshivot are like, they're, 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 you're emptying out our yeshiva, which has a tremendous influence on the, the yeshiva experience that, that we're trying to build for our students and for their spiritual experience. We're sacrificing, it's not just the individual, it's our, it's our communal Torah experience. So like, th- those are the things that I think really do bother people, and I think you are really right. How do I cope with it? So I will tell you how I cope with it. So basically, remember we had this conversation in the 100 years ago on October you know, on October 6th, about how do we handle um, demonstrations that we don't necessarily agree with. And, and, and I told you about this Times of Israel blog that I, meant that, and I, that I wrote and I told you here. Strong back, soft front, right? And that is, I'll explain what it means again, and that's what I've been holding on to very strongly, right? It's, it's a Brene Brown concept. Strong back means I have an ideology. I am able to argue for my ideology. I am able, when engaged in ideological arguments to have a respectful dialogue and I can respectfully say that I disagree with certain positions or opinions um, held by other individuals or other groups and I'm not going to back down from that. It's not an either or. It's a yes and, right? So I have my, str- my, my strong back, right? And, I, and if you want, we can talk about my, the strong back and I, and, and, you know, I think the whatever, we won't do that now. Let's move to, but what's my soft front? Right, my soft front is where my heart is, and right now, again, if if you want to pull me into an ideological conversation, I'll have that conversation. I'll tell you why I respectfully disagree with the Haredi opinion. I'll tell you, you know, I I'll I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll give you an entire doctoral dissertation on on you know why I think has just the right way to go. At least if you're going to learn Torah, and you know, even in the Hester world, people are complaining it's not enough. They should really be doing full army service. But as Johnny said, even in the it, it's it's a whole. We could have a whole different podcast, but we're not. We're not having that podcast. The podcast that we're having now, and the question that you asked me is, how do I deal emotionally? And I, as I mentioned to you guys before, the image that I that I just bring into my head is from the movie Ushbizin. I don't know if our if our our listeners have watched this movie. If you haven't, you should see it. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie, and it's mm-hmm. a movie in which the main character is a Hasid. He spends all his money on this etrog that he's going to be used to use on. Um, on Sukkot, and he's working on his midot, he's working on his personality traits, and one day he comes home and he finds that the, um, basically the hooligans, the ruffians that he's left, let into his house, mistook the trog for a lemon, and they have chopped it into pieces. And he runs into the forest, and he basically just screams to God, and he's like, God, God, help me, help me, help me. And he says over and over, lower to the house, lower to the house, lower, I don't want to be angry, I don't want to be angry, I don't want to be angry. And that's the place that I find myself in. Like, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to hate in my feelings. Again, 
I'll have the ideological argument. We all are on the same page there. We can all have that conversation. But as you said, that's not... Again, we're on October, we're post-October 7th. We're not on October 6th anymore. We, we want to learn how to open our hearts to the other. And I don't want to be angry. And so the way that I deal with that in terms of the Haredi community is that I, I, what, I, what I do is I focus on the positives. And what really helps me is that I have a lot of personal interactions with people who identify with the Haredi community. And those interactions, if I open my heart, there's so much ability for me to my heart can become so full of gratitude and appreciation that that leaves a lot less space for anger, which again has nothing to do with my strong back, nothing to do with my strong ideological beliefs. But I can fill my heart with gratitude. As Johnny said, Johnny had started by saying the Haredi community, there's no the Haredi community, just as there's no the Datilu community, right? And there's no the anything, right? So the Haredim that I know, the Haredim, right? But I interact with so many people who identify with that community. And all I can tell you is, at least certainly the ones that I've encountered, a lot at work, a lot of family members, um, some of them are acquaintances, all, I, some of them are students. Some of them are students from, you know, not from uh, my, my, my Shana'al program, but from other programs. All I get from them is like a tidal wave of love and caring. That's really what I'm getting. They are. Do- they ask me for my son's name so they can daven. They daven. I had a student from last year. She was my last year Haredi student, um, who's like she is. She's like B'nai Brak. Like she, she's going to change the social work world of Haredim. Love her. Can't shout her out in public, but you know who you are. All of a sudden, I get this random phone call from her. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm like, hi. Why are you calling me? She's like, well, I'm doing a first challah. Remind me of your son's name. I daven for him every single day, and like I take that seriously because I know that she takes it seriously. And again, I walk into MMY that has a lot, you know, there are plenty of Haredi teachers there, you know, support staff there, a lot, a lot of people who who are much more right-wing than me. I am engulfed, engulfed with love and support. So that's what I focus on, right? Meaning... They, they, and again, it's not just the, the people that I interact with. It's, it's, it really, I really do think like Haredi communities, like again, or we can focus on those aspects, right? Johnny said, Johnny's not going to give Hanachot to those who, and there is the Tofa'ah. I'm guessing it's a minority, but whatever. And it's probably coming from fear, by the way, but that's okay, because usually those kind of Tofa'ot, you know, who are like, no, 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 you know, we, we, we're afraid of, 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 of giving up, you know, being very hardcore because we're afraid where that's going to lead our community. Okay, but the, the most, I, I think it's most, but it's certainly plenty. They're, they're baking food and they're, 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 they're sending their food and they're writing on it. Kasher Mahadrin, right? Like, and they're sending it to the front. There's so much tefillot. There's so much giving. There's so much um, contribution. There's so much volunteering. So when I focus on that, it helps me. And it also helps me to realize I don't know, like I know someone in Netzach Israel and he's freezing in Hebron, Netzach Yudah, you know what I'm saying? He's Haredi in the army, okay, okay, but I'm just saying, I focus on those people, right? I focus on that. Um, Johnny's also right. I focus on the ways in which, in, at large, writ large, if you ask the many individual Haredim, how could you not serve? Like Johnny said, don't you care about the Klal? They'll say, we do serve, excuse me very much. As you said, we are Zaka. We are, you know, the ones, the ones who do the horrible... Wait, 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 uh, I'm going to let you finish sorry, my I point. I, I don't disagree with you. We are Zaka, we are Ezimitzion, we are, um, um, what's that other one? Yad Sarah. So they'll say, Yidim, Mada. Right, I agree with you. My argument is not. My strong back will say, I'm glad you're contributing to society, right? Because if you wouldn't, you wouldn't be... Even at that basic level that Johnny was talking about, which is please at least care about the cloud, right? And put the cloud first. I am glad and I do see it and I do understand you. It's, but so soft fronts can respond to that and see that they really believe from their perspective. They really believe it. They believe with their whole heart that they are also contributing. And they have a million explanations for why they don't want to go to the army. Again, that's not the conversation we're having. I, but, but I can tell you what they think, but I won't necessarily unless you ask me. My strong back says... I appreciate that. It's not the same thing. We still have to have a, a serious conversation about how you're going to serve, how you're going to contribute. Um, Zaka and Mada and, and, and all those things are wonderful, and I'm glad that you're contributing to the cloud. But, but basically what, what we've learned is we need a bigger army. We need more manpower. So, like, it doesn't really hold water anymore. And, again, str- strong back will say that. 
but soft front will look at all of those positives and, 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 it, and it really, really, really helps me not be angry. When I speak to individuals, when I see how much love and care they have, I, I can't, I can't, I, because Johnny also said like, I could get, there are a million people I could be angry at, right? I, I could be angry at, 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 at not religious people who show up at, you know, I don't know, there were people who demonstrated at, at, at like, did you see this? There was a, a story in like a rehab center, I think it was in Sheba, where some people came to protest and there was a chayal there who had lost a leg, um, who like, and he's probably suffering from all kinds of post-traumatic stress and he lost it. He lost it at, at like, why are you coming here and making political demonstrations at a, at a rehab center of Chayalim? Like, what are you thinking? This is not the place. If I wanted to get angry, I can get angry at those people. I can get angry at the media. There, I mean, like, there's not a, if I wanted to make a list of people that I could get angry at, I could get angry at a million people. There's a, it's, there's, you know, it's like get in line, people. And who do I, do I really want to get, do that? Like, who do I want to be more angry at? Do I want to be more angry at the Haredim? Or do I want to be more angry at this segment of society? So I, guess what? I don't want to be angry at anybody. That's what I learned. Lo rotzat l'chos. I don't want to be angry. Achdut. Achdut does not mean, and this is, by the way, I'm going to quote Leo D, who said, who basically, this is his theory. I don't know if I mentioned it. But he said, there's this concept of peace in the world. And I think I might have mentioned this in my last podcast. Peace is when nobody fights and there are no wars. He said, that's not shalom. Shalom is when we can create a jigsaw puzzle of people who are different, but who can all learn to get along. That's what we're striving for, shalom. So we can have, if we do that, charedim, be as charedi as you want. And you know what? If your argument to me is, we would join the army if you created, if you would make it more user-friendly for the charedim, I might say, yes, we should do more for you. And we've tried to do that. And we still think your numbers are a little bit low. So how about... Molly, it was dangerous. We're getting dangerous. Exactly. So I don't want to do that. Right. So I don't want to do solutions. But what I'm saying is... I don't. I forgot why. What? What? Why I was saying that? Why was I saying that? What was my point? Oh, I know why. Because know. my point is <laughs> that that I, what I want to do is create a society in which the Haredim don't want to lose their lifestyle. That's why they're not joining the army. Period. Right? Okay. I just made an like, ideological political statement, but I think it's the truth. I don't think it's because of any other reason than that. Um, so, like, I can respect that, and I can therefore say, let's make room for Haredim to exist as a, as a culture in society. And let's also work towards upping their numbers of military service, not just, you know, giving to the cloud, but military service. But that's going to, if we come to it with goodwill, and if we have a lot of patience, and I realize this is going to be like, you know, a, a sea change kind of process, that's the kind of, I, I, I can have that conversation, and I can do it without hate in my heart, and I can do it actually even with love in my heart. And that's, that's kind of the way that I, I approach the issue. Okay. Uh, I'm going to respond to you and sort of echo what you said. But before I do, I know we're late. We'll take a quick break and come right back. Stay with us. So many Jews around the world are searching for a daily learning program that will bring them meaning and allow them to accomplish real learning in a reasonable amount of time. Hey, everybody. My name is Ruben Spolter. I live in Israel in Yad Vinyamit. And for a number of years, for many years, I've been teaching daily Mishnah and what's called the Mishnah Yomit program over YouTube. Mishnah is a wonderful way to have daily learning. It includes all of the knowledge of Shas. It's compact. You can cover it in a reasonable amount of time. If you fall behind, which happens to all of us, you can catch up pretty easily. And really, Mishnah is an incredible source of knowledge for, for Jewish wisdom. It's the, the source text of everything about Tarash Balper oral tradition. So I invite you to join me in this incredible project so many people have reached out from around the world. We've had hundreds of thousands of views, hundreds if not thousands of participants. Make Mishnah Yomi daily learning a part of your life. And we're back. So Molly, I want to respond to what you had said. You know, strong, say it again, strong soft back, soft front. I actually think what works for me, quite honestly, I think is something different. That's something I think we all have kind of learned to do in our personal lives, which is on a, on a, on a personal level, I have tremendous disagreements with, with many members of my family. And this is something that Israel needs to learn how to do. And we just don't talk about it. You know, it, like, I'm not going to convince my siblings that their way of life 
is something that I disagree with, and they're not going to convince me that, uh, that my way of life is something that they disagree with. And I love my siblings all the same. We're members of the same family. So we don't talk about it. Like, you know, we, and sometimes it gets close, and then we're like, no, it's better, it's better not to talk about it because we're not going to convince each other. It's just going to cause strife. So that's, I, I, and again, this is something that's incredibly personal. <coughs> and even, excuse me, like, life and death. But I'm not sure it's the greatest thing to talk about. The second thing you mentioned is, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get angry. I think that, I think that like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with avoiding conflict. You see, like, we live in a world which is geared to get us mad. I mean, the entire media that we consume, especially social media, but now even the media itself, is designed, most of it, at getting us, at getting us angry. You know, how can this happen? How can this be... How could this person have said that? You know, even the Menachem Parsh, I shared you uh, political cartoons. The whole goal of political cartoons is to make people angry, is to get them mad in order to sell more, more media. So I would say that you don't have to read every tweet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay to pull back from social media. And especially, you know, like, I know we want to be informed. I was just talking to my son today. I said, wouldn't it be great if there was a website? The website was simply the news. And if there was no news, it would say, no news today. You know what I'm saying? Because we all need to be updated. I want to know, God forbid, if there's some big important thing. I want to know, God forbid, if somebody's killed. I want to know if we're winning. But I don't really care about this politician said that and that politician said that. So very often there is no news, but the news exists in order to get us to watch it. So it has to get us angry. It has to get us mad. We live in a world of ongoing rage. And I think for a person to function in the world today, turn it off. You know, Put on your feed like Johnny Solomon. Read his, read his Daf Yomi updates. You know, if you're bored on, on Spotify, listen to sports. You can get mad about that. Honestly, and that's what I do. Choose carefully because you're not going to change Haredi society unless you're in Haredi society. And getting mad at them is only going to eat you up. It's only going to eat us up and not going to eat other people. So rather than strong back, soft front, or, or, or even, you know what I'm saying? And, and saying, I'm not going to get mad, I'm not going to get mad. I sometimes feel like avoiding. Yeah, but I don't think very, that you're doing strategy. I'm saying strong back just means I believe what I believe. Soft front means I'm not going to get mad. So everything you're saying fits into soft front. I don't think it's. I don't think we're disagreeing. I think what you're saying is supplemental. Excellent. So okay, we agree. Second thing I'm going to say is going to be more controversial, and this is especially for for uh, my friends in Chutzlaretz. Who do you support? Financially, I mean. And very often, the people you support are the people that come to your door and the people that reach out to you and the people that know you. But I think we have to speak as a community with our, uh, and express our values with our, with our wallets. And when people come to us, of course, we don't turn people away, but the vast majority of support should go to the institutions that represent our values in our communities. And they should be the ones that, you know, I'm sorry, I give most of my money to the Shivot Hezder that serve, that teach the idea of service to the country and the idea of cloud. And the way you express yourself is not through anger and bitterness, but through positivity, through building the institutions that you believe in and that you support. And I often feel as a community, we don't make those choices. We, don't, we have to learn to say, no, I don't support your way of life. I respect your desire to do it, but don't ask me to pay for it. And if we do that, you know, that's one way of dealing with the dealing with the, the emotions that we have, supporting the people that agree with you, that you agree with, that you believe should be supported, and not supporting the institutions that you don't, that are counter to the ways of life that we believe are dear. Johnny, would you like to respond to uh, Molly or to anything I've said? I just want to add a further layer, especially when it comes to both support and also to Torah. And this is something we discussed in our kind of pre-talk. Um, it's interesting within the Datilo Miku uh, community, when Shilhim are delivered, often sources are quoted from many different uh, contemporary teachers, both Datilo Miku teachers, but often uh, Haredi teachers. The majority of the Sfarim in my study are from, if you were, if they were to be contemporary Sfarim, are from Haredi teachers. And by the way, to my mind, that represents the fact that Torah should be unifying force. And just as much as I move from reading a chuvav of this rav to this rabbanit to this one and this one, the very fact that that uh, conversation around a Torah topic of Jews of different types and stripes 
is affirming of my general belief in achdut and unity. I previously referred to Rav Osher Weiss, and, and, and he sp speaks for a certain community, but he certainly emphasizes the, the role of Klau. However, what he, uh, he, amongst the people he was giving a veiled criticism to, although he didn't mention by name, was with Rosh Hashanah, uh, who's a well-known and Muadimus Manim a well-referenced. And I have both those sets in my study. They sit on my shelves just to my left and behind me, and I reference them regularly. Now, I'm well aware of what's written in these stories. I've learned them. And I'm aware that oftentimes he knocks the Zionists, and I kind of roll my eyes and say, he's fighting a war that was yesterday's war. Okay, basically, the, the Zionists won. There was a state of Israel. There was an idea. But there comes a point where pronouncements by people such as he, which are so negative about Chayalim, in the midst of a war, by the way, that makes his Torah a little bit harder for me to kind of like be comfortable learning. And it's a very personal struggle because even though I ideologically disagree with him on many things, that until that point, it was just like, well, okay, we can disagree with those things. We can agree with others. But when there seems to be, and here I'm not trying to represent his views, but there are enough pronouncements by him in recent months uh, which have been sufficiently well publicized for them to be known. When it seems to be a lack of understanding of what our Chayalim are doing, which is literally saving the lives of Klal Yisrael, it makes that Torah harder to learn and, and less, I wouldn't say less welcome, but, but it, 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 it's a, it comes as a certain almost um, price of the conscience. That dissonance is very, very strong, even more than previously. And this is probably a topic much, much broader than the, the time we have left. But as I mentioned, I believe that Torah and Tefillah should be unifying forces. That's how I live. I say, however you serve, you, you should serve. Um, and you should be mitpalel for the success of Am Yisrael, for the success of Achayalim, for, for the return of the Chatufim. And whatever you learn, whether you are learning in the Shetach or you're learning in Shiva, you should do so with, with bread, with enthusiasm, with a recognition that what you do matters. And uh, even if I think that some of the guys in yeshiva should be serving, until that happens, learn with the kind of passion that I would expect from somebody else who's fighting. Chazal Torah. So learn as if it's a milchama. But where pronouncements are made by certain poskim, which seem to negate the whole notion of Am Yisrael, you know, standing up and defending itself, which just seems to be absurd, it, it certainly rubs me deeply the wrong way. And and it. It's not. I mean, it's easy to say. Well, they just don't learn that Torah. But that's the struggle of the religious Zionist Jew who tries to learn from different communities, who tries to be a force that recognizes it's possible to fuse being committed as a Zionist and being committed in Torah. But it comes at a price of our conscience in terms of how we look at people who live lives differently and who say things which sometimes can be deeply hurtful. Well, yeah, and I just wanted to up. say one thing, um, just to kind of sharpen something that you had said when you had spoken about like managing in your families, right? And, or like that you'd like, okay, then we don't have to talk about everything. Um, and, and I think that's a, that there's a really good point there. There's um, actually an article by Chesterton where he says that people think that like people who live in small towns and in small families, they're like, you know, very, very narrow minded. And people who go and live in big, big communities, you know, the big city, the global village, they're the ones who are much more broad-minded. And he says, it's just the opposite. He says, when you go out into the big city, quote-unquote, you just find your own little bubble, right? You just find a million people who think exactly like you. Where do we, where's the real challenge? Where is it that you have to learn how to deal with people who are, who are different than you? It's in your family. It's around your Shabbos table. Mm -hmm. It's at Thanksgiving, right? That's, I mean, he doesn't say Shabbos table, Chesterton, but he was saying the same thing, right? It's crazy Uncle Joe who voted for, for you know, the opposite guy from, from, okay, I shouldn't have used the word Joe. Crazy Uncle Fred who voted for, you know, the opposite <laughs> political. We, we are, by the way, I decided that every Jew has an Uncle David. Uh, yeah, you have an Uncle David? I, I, I do have yeah. my Uncle David. I have my Uncle David. But, yeah, by the way, sorry David. to say this, but my... <laughs> They're not always crazy my Uncle David, David, but everybody just, has just an Uncle David. Just to throw a wet on this, Michael David just passed away last week, or two weeks ago. So, uh, um, okay. I, yes, he was David. wonderful. And this could be Le'ilor <laughs> Nishmato, I guess. Um, Amen. Anyway, Amen. but so the point is, 
that's so like if you can get along at your Shabbos table, right? Or if you can get along at your Hanukkah party or, or your Thanksgiving, that's much more broad-minded because because actually when you're in a small town, you can't escape your relatives. You can't escape your neighbors and they're not going to believe everything the same way you do. So I would say like, you know, it, it, it's a great argument and it works very well for like what you're describing and, and, and for the state of Israel. And back to my point, like if we can get along with the people who think differently than us and learn how to, maybe sometimes it's you don't talk about things, as you said, right? Or when we do talk about these things, how to, how to as you said, avoid the anger and just stay in any. But maybe it's really, as you said, really just figuring out how to talk and how not to talk. But I, I just wanted to point out that what you were saying about just get along with your family. That's the real work. If we can learn how to get along with our family, with our peers, with our friends, and we can make those concentric circles broader, right? You start with your family. You move out to your community. I think you mean this, but like, Forget about the world. Stop being exactly. so angry at the world. Things you have exactly. no control over. Just learn how to make friends with your neighbor. And if you and if everybody in your community is the same as you, or if everybody in your family is the same as you, go out and, and, and like meet an actual human who thinks differently than you, religiously, philosophically, politically, and learn how to get along with them. So I think that, that your point is, is is a really, really good one. That like that's where we're gonna be able to 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 kind of learn how to to how to solve our problems constructively without stopping to love each other. Wow, that's a great place to stop. My point is a really good one. Uh, okay, I'm just I'm kidding, of course. Uh, thanks, Molly, and thanks, uh, uh, Johnny. Uh, you know, obviously, this is a tremendously, trem- as I said at the beginning, uh, fraught topic. And we were trying to think carefully about how to talk about it. If you got this far, hopefully you agree with us. You know, uh, we don't want to offer solutions, and it's not, we want to stay in our lane. And our lane is really trying to share with our, our listeners the heartbeat of our community, issues that we're dealing with, that we're struggling with in, our, uh, in and of our, uh, for ourselves. And hopefully that'll help you, give you ways to think about it as well. Uh, and that's also, by the way, why we didn't bring on, there are so many guests we could bring on, ways the community communities trying to address this problem and solutions, et cetera. I just, we just didn't feel that it was our place. You know, it's, it's sort of a rabbit hole you could go down, but it's not our problem to solve. Our problem to solve is ourselves and our community. And uh, hopefully we've done something to help all of you uh, deal with that as well. As always, I want to thank Rabbi Nimali, uh, Rabbi Johnny. Uh, I want to thank our listeners. If you have comments, uh, we, we've been getting comments, thank God, from, uh, from some regulars and some new people. And we are always happy to hear from you and uh, relate to the questions that you have or the comments that you have. Uh, we try, to, we try to, uh, to respond. I want to thank my son for our music as always. Uh, it always helps if you leave us a review either on Spotify or on, I think it's called Apple Podcasts, mm. on the Apple yeah. uh, Podcast Store, and uh, share the RZ Weekly Goodness with, uh, with, with others. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Bye now.